TV the way I watch TV these days. I mean, seldom do I just plop down on the couch and watch TV like I used to in the old days, but not anymore. I know what TV shows I like and that I want to invest my time in. And then when I'm ready on my schedule, I go online and I watch my favorite TV shows. So I don't build my life around the network or cable company's clock anymore. They now have to cater to my timetable. As a matter of fact, when this show was being created, I was thinking this about you and your schedule and your clock and you being able to listen to whatever you want to listen to whenever you want to listen to it. And I wanted to have an option for you when I was considering this new way that I watch TV. And so many people now are listening to things in a similar manner. I just got done watching one of the shows that I watch, the live finale of The Voice, part one, because my kids are in school and I thought, you know, this would be a great time to get a second cup of coffee and spend some time watching something I really want to watch. And so I ended up only having about 15 minutes and I only saw the very first performance of the live finale of The Voice. Corinne Hawthorne is a teenager who has this voice that is very gospel sounding. She's a beautiful young woman. When she first started on the show, if you're unfamiliar with the show, I'll kind of fill you in that when she first started, she seemed young and a little scared. And the background they showed on her, you know, she'd be working in the pizza kitchen, singing as she was cutting the pizzas. And they showed footage of her singing in um, nursing homes. Like she loved to sing. She was always singing, but she just seemed like a kid. She was really green. But there was something about her. And she was chosen by one of the judges, Christina Aguilera. And then later she was let go. But then Pharrell Williams pushed his button and got her on his team. And now here it is, the finale, and she's one of the four remaining on the show. Um, And that's as far as I am. I'm always behind. Like, everybody always knows who won something, and I never know because I watch TV when I want to watch TV. And so I don't know, you know, what happened last night. I'm not there yet. But but there have been these moments on the show when Pharrell Williams would say things to Corinne Hawthorne, and it always struck a chord deep inside of me because there are moments in life when you either receive words or you give the words that enable somebody to grow into who they were made to be. There are people who can see beyond the moment. They can see the gifts inside of someone. And I've watched Pharrell Williams do this to Corinne Hawthorne. There's something about you. There's no one like you. There's like an anointing on your life. Like you can sing. You have a gift. And those words go into a person's soul. I I know there's that proverb, uh, Proverbs 18.8, that talks about how gossip um, goes into somebody's soul to sink them. And words, I feel like, can permeate into a person's heart. And when they are the right words, they can cause you to grow and become something you never dreamed. And that's what I've been watching him do, speaking into her life. And she has begun to become the person that he saw, like in her performance that I just caught up on from Monday Night Show. She sang this song and I'm mesmerized by the power and the strength 
And when she's saying how great thou art, I was, I mean, I stood in front of the TV, just drawn in. And it's, it's fascinating to watch this coach believe in her. And isn't it powerful when somebody believes in you? I can remember moments in my life when someone has said to me, do you not know that you're great? No one says you're great. More than likely you get, you're full of yourself or you should have done better or you can certainly do better than that. But those moments, and I hope you've had them in your life where somebody believes in you, a teacher, your parent, an aunt, an uncle, a professional coach, just someone sees you. I remember a sixth grade teacher who told my mom, Lisa is very special and nobody sees it yet, but she is an amazing person. And my mom told me that. And I remember being perplexed by it. Like, yeah, I'm like the most unpopular girl in the world. And no one even notices I exist. But you know, okay, thanks, Mrs. Thompson. (laughs) But she saw something in me. And she told my mom and mom told me and I never have forgotten it. There's so much power in Pharrell Williams' words as he's been speaking to Corinne Hawthorne. Oh, if we could just be like that. If we could be like that today when we see people that we stand there and we don't look through them and we don't look around them, but we just look at them with eyes wide open. And when we see gold and the moment is appropriate with a selfless and magnanimous heart, we just say, not not flattery and nothing contrived. You just say what you see. I pray God gives us eyes and hearts that we can do that for people. You know, you should give a kid seven times more affirmations than critiques. That is hard when you have a six-year-old who yells and climbs and breaks and runs out in the the traffic. (laughs) I have to be like aware of this so that I'm not constantly saying, Jesse, get down. Jesse, don't touch that. Jesse, be a little quieter and say, man, you're an incredible climber wow, you are going to do something amazing for God and it's going to be loud. Like people are going to hear what you do for God. It's going to be heard. (laughs) So I pray we can have that same heart like Pharrell Williams has demonstrated in the way he's been coaching on The Voice. And don't tell me who won because I'll catch up. Don't be writing on my Facebook page who won The Voice. I watch my TV on my own time. Thank you very much. So now we get to hear from a friend and a counselor and a life coach and a speaker and an author. It's Dwight Bang. Hey, do you want a golden Oreo? Sure. Thank you. I'll take two. Okay. (laughs) That's improv. Say yes. Yes. And I'll take another one. (laughs) Yes. And I'll pick another one. You know, I wish I had listened to Bossy Pants before Mm. I came to your improv class that you invited me to. (laughs) Because I didn't understand you're supposed to give people easy things, low-hanging fruit. I said something difficult, and everybody just kind of stood and looked, and you guys went with it, but it was like, wow, this guy's really tough. That's so funny that you remember. I remember it because because, uh, after listening to, uh, I listened to one audiobook a week. Tina Fey has her autobiography is called Bossy Pants. Yeah. And after listening to that, it's like, oh, this is how improv. Oh, <laughs> it was interesting to be able to see how this woman in kind of a man's writer world, yeah. uh, how she found her way. She really was the the girl that was picked on by the mean girls because she wrote the screenplay for that. And, and and in many ways, you know, when you think about how does a film like Mean Girls become so popular? How does a book... Um, about queen bees in the office place become so popular. And it's because so many women 
have been bullied or intimidated by mean girls, by mean people? Because we hear, Mm -hmm. you know, Lisa, Mm -hmm. a lot about emotional abuse. And I think many times people say, oh, that's that mean truck driver husband who comes home and yells at his wife and kids. And that can be a form of abuse. But emotional abuse is not limited at all to marriage relationships. Because there are some women that are really mean to other women. There are bosses that are mean to their employees. And yeah. emotional abuse is emotional abuse no matter who does it. And, and no matter what age they are. I've seen, because I've been a counselor so long, you know, over 30 years now, uh, I've seen situations where teenage daughters were just horrible to their mom or teenage boys were terrible to their dad. I mean, cussing them to their face. Emotional abuse is not limited to a certain person or a certain age or a certain gender or even a certain race or color or culture group. Mean-spirited, hard-hearted, evil, harsh people hurt other people, and it's wrong. And I think maybe that's why like uh, writers like Tina Fey, who's able to say, let me write a story about this. Because by writing a story about girls who are mean to other girls, and if you've ever been a girl in middle school or high school, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. I personally have never been a girl in middle school. <laughs> I've never been a girl anywhere. <laughs> well, I can attest to a, a moment like that, but I, I wanted to just address how happy I am that we're talking about this idea of emotional abuse because I have seen what Dwight is talking about. I've seen children being so harsh to their parents. I've seen parents being harsh to children, spouses, bosses, everything that you've mentioned But because it's not physical abuse and you can't say quantitatively, you put your hand on me, you hurt me, and I'm going to get away from you. And everybody goes, yes, get away from that person. They can't do that to you. But emotional abuse, I mean, it goes on all the time and it maybe isn't as addressed. You just accept it or... Sticks and stones, say it with me, Lisa, may break my bones, but but words words will will never never hurt hurt me. That's not true. That's not true. Let's talk about emotional abuse because um, can you just define it, please? All right. So abuse is to hurt someone, to harm someone. Now, here's the difference. Physical abuse is easy to spot because I'm, I'm, I'm hitting, slapping, biting, kicking, pinching, bruising. Sexual abuse, easy to define. I'm attacking the sexual part of another person's body. But here's the part that's harder to define. Because emotional abuse, mental abuse, is harming someone with words or feelings. An example of that would be passive-aggressive behavior. Um, sometimes you can even, in a very nonverbal way, just how you look. You know, you roll your eyes at someone. You, ah, I can't believe you said that. So there are a lot of ways to hurt in relationships. Now, if you're dealing with a complete stranger, cut you off in traffic, that's not emotional abuse. That's irritation. Is it emotional abuse when I pull out in front of somebody and they cuss at me and flip me off? No, that's somebody who's mad and irritated that you weren't paying attention and driving. That's okay. different. And, and so when you look at emotional abuse, you're looking at a closer relationship. Somebody you okay. work with, somebody you go to church with, somebody that you're in close relationship with, and absolutely somebody that you're related to. And so when you step back and you look at emotional abuse, usually the closer the, the relationship the more likely uh, and the greater capacity you have to hurt someone. And it's harder because I expect if I'm dealing with a stranger in a grocery store or a parking lot and they act like loud and angry and upset, you know, I kind of expect that. You're just dealing with the general public. Maybe they're having a bad day. What I don't expect is somebody I'm related to or married to or have given birth to or work around 
to blindside me with words or with feelings and go off, it's hurtful. It's painful. And here's a big problem, and why I'm glad we're talking about it, Lisa, because it happens all the time, and it erodes relationship. It steals joy, and what we have to do is start talking about it. If you're in a close relationship with someone, to say, you know, that really hurt my feelings. To be able to say, you're really being attacking right now. Now, if you're dealing with somebody who's a hostile, abusive individual, and you let your guard down, they'll go after you. Yeah, I I know. That's the first thing I thought. It's like, for some, it's that's kerosene on the fire. Yeah. So so with people like that, you want backup. And that's where counselors and pastors and, and godly friends can come alongside and say, you know what? You're really being a bully because I know that sometimes the person who's on the receiving end of emotional abuse, maybe they've been beat up pretty bad and they've been crushed pretty bad. And so they're not the one to fight that battle. It's having other family members, other people to be able to step up and to say, "Um, this is inappropriate and you need to stop. Um, Okay. I have a question. So um, someone listening and they're, they've got tears in their eyes almost, if not already, because yeah. they're in an, a relationship and nobody knows, maybe it's a spouse um, or, or just someone that they're alone with a lot and nobody knows the abuse that they're getting and they don't know what to do. Maybe they're a Christian. Maybe they're thinking, well, this is maybe part of the suffering package that I signed up for, oh. but it doesn't feel healthy, but I have no escape that I can figure out on my own. What would you say to that person who just endures emotional abuse all the time? So let me speak to you right now. I want you to know it's wrong and you're not in this alone. There are people who love you and care for you and people that will be there for you. And I especially want to speak to those that are maybe in a relationship with, with somebody who's a pastor or somebody who's an open Christian and you think I could never tell anybody. Yeah, you you can. You really can. There's an old saying that the only thing that's necessary for evil to continue is for good people to do nothing. And to be able to know you don't have to carry this all alone. Maybe it's your mom or your dad. Maybe it's it's somebody that's that nobody would ever expect is just mean and hateful. If if you've been bullied and victimized through all this, then uh, for you to speak up is probably going to mean you're going to get hurt more. So I don't want you to go into that alone to find someone safe to talk to. And obviously that could be a counselor, uh, but it could just be a mature friend who's stable to be able to say, this is embarrassing, this is awkward, but I got to talk to you. And somebody who's stable and mature will say, okay, and they will be a safe place. And then you can have a conversation. And it kind of, in the beginning, it's just pretty much venting and letting out a lot of pain. And you let out the hurt and you let out the frustration and you let out the fears and the insecurities. And and that safe person is just mostly listening and, and asking one key question, because maybe you'll be that safe person for somebody. And the one key question is, what else? What else? What else? And so one person's venting and the other person's validating. I'm so sorry this happened to you. Tell me what else has happened. Tell me what else. There is so much power in our words, but there's danger in silence. I love what David wrote in Psalms 34. This poor man cried out. And God heard him and delivered him from all of his fears. And I know that as we cry out, and for some people it's going to be journaling, and for some people it's obviously going to be through prayer, or it's going to be talking to a safe friend or a counselor or a pastor, talking to maybe somebody else that's gone through it. And and my hope and my prayer is that the 
people who are most affected will open their eyes and say, I don't have to continue to allow these horrible words and horrible actions to take place in front of my kids or people at my church. And let me kind of change gears, Lisa. When you think about Jesus Christ, he was gentle, he was loving, he was kind. Broken people loved to be around him because he wasn't judgmental, he wasn't temperamental, he wasn't mental at all. He was just safe. And 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 that's what I my hope is that we'll all learn to be safe so that when somebody's feeling bullied or emotionally abused or dumped on or are mistreated, that they're able to say to the safe people around them. And then together we can reach out to the person who maybe they maybe they grew up in a in a bullied hostile home environment. Maybe they had a bully boss. You know, people aren't born knowing how to be mean, hateful, and awful. They they learn that behavior somewhere. If they've grown up in a, a home where there's racism, that's where they'll say, oh, no, 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 I can't play with that person. Their skin color is different. And if they've grown up in a home where there's a lot of emotional abuse, the most common response in children, and it's been my experience, the most common response in adults is silence. We just go quiet. We hide from the pain. Or we say, well, I guess this is my lot in life. Jesus wants me to suffer. And when you go silent, you hold it inside. It could be there for decades. A healthier response is to be able to allow the life circumstances around us to spark conversations. And it takes tremendous courage to be able to say to the safe people in our lives, hey, can we talk? And it's hard to Mm -hmm. do because the most normal thing is to say, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to pull myself into a hole. I'm going to find some cave. I'm going to hide in it. God, just, you know, just take me away, God. Because you know, I want to, I want to hide from the pain. Dwight, this is what I have done a couple of times, and I just want you to tell me if you think this is a good idea. There have been two times in my life where I've been in a traumatic situation. I didn't know what to do, and I called Focus on the Family both times. One eight hundred A Family, and I told them my zip code and said I'm in a traumatic situation and I don't know where to turn. And both times they gave me a list of counselors that they have, you know, vetted. I guess. Sure. And so then I, I have both times found incredible counselors through that service. And so if someone just has no idea where to turn, do you think it would be a good idea to say, hey, call 1-800-A-FAMILY and, and start there? Sure. I think that's a wonderful idea because I know Focus on the Family does a comprehensive 35-page application, background checks, evaluations to be able to create that list of, of, of counselors that they've credentialed. Now... Full disclosure, okay, I'm on the list. All right, so I mean, yeah. I, oh yeah, you are. Okay, <laughs> so of course, of course, I'm going to think. Oh, you know, gee, I'm on this list, so yeah, this is a good thing. But <laughs> let's just say it's a good place to start. Yeah, it's a good place to start, right? Because- well, it's a place to start because here's what you can't do. What you cannot do is hold it inside. What you cannot do is nothing. Once you see a problem, you can't unsee the problem. Once you see, this isn't just him having a bad day. This is him going off and being emotionally abusive to the people that he says he loves. And we got to get some help. We can't keep living this way. This is wrong. This can't continue. Meanness and harsh, angry explosions. You know, once every year or two is probably part of the human experience. But once every day or two, that's abusive. And it's wrong. The greatest thing we can do is what you and I are doing right now, and it's to have a conversation. Come sit at the table with us, because you're not in this alone. And there's some other people that want to be part of that conversation, that want to be on that journey with you. That's what being healthy is about. 
and on serious subjects or silly subjects, being able to say, you're not in this alone. We're in this together because together we can make it. If there are some things you are thinking and you just want to be part of the conversation right now, then come to lifewithlisawilliams.com and look for the show called Emotional Abuse. And Dwight and I will see your comments and we can join in conversation about this. If you're in a situation and you really need help right away, then I recommend calling 1-800-A-FAMILY and letting them know your zip code. It's been a resource for me when I've needed it the very most. And so maybe that could be a help to you as well. Thank you to Dwight Bain, who you can reach out to at DwightBain.com. Really appreciate his time today. And also thank you to executive producer Paul Goldsmith. Hashtag thanks for listening.